time and twice as long. Come on, that kind of surprised me what he's doing, but we'll, we'll work out some of those. You might see it start playing behind me as they work out some of the kinks before we get to clip one, but welcome everybody to At The Movies week two. Come on, everybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Just an exciting, exciting time. I've got some good news for you before we even get into the rest of the message. LSU did not lose yesterday. Come on, somebody. For the uninformed among you, LSU did not play yesterday, all right? So they've got, they've got a, a day of reckoning coming this Saturday, but we're not going to talk about that. We'll talk about that next Sunday, maybe, all right? We'll, if I'm not in hiding, it's going to be an awesome, awesome week. But I told you last week, this is one of my favorite series that we do at the movie. So this is week two. The kids, like I told you, are having their experience upstairs. They had an awesome week one. Uh, week two, they're doing the movie Tangled. It's going to be a great time. Paul and Lori prepared uh, some awesome, awesome things for them. So talk with your kids after the service about what they learned. Uh, it's just going to be an incredible, incredible time. If you're our guest today, you came to the right place, all right? I don't know what coincidence brought you here, but this is the place place to be this morning. We upped our popcorn game this week. Anybody notice? We had all the seats filled. Can we give appreciation to those guys out there? Man, they have been working. They've been running those machines nonstop. Anybody bring their own toppings this week to put on their popcorn? Anybody? Where my jalapeno people at? Nobody? Where my chocolate covering, caramel? Anybody bring any movie candy? Any movie candy people? Nobody? Bunch of boring people out there today, all right? You just... I'm going to bring my own stuff next week. But before we get into the message in week two, I thought we'd do a little thing we did last week. And that is I'm going to give you some little known movie facts, some trivia that I thought was funny that I wrote down. And so we're going to start off the morning. All right. If you know the movie, shout it out. If you know this first one, Wonka, right? We got it. You're close enough. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. What you may not know is in the squirrel scene, director Tim Burton decided he did not want CGI squirrels cracking the walnuts. He wanted real squirrels, everybody. So what you're watching in the nut scene of Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, are 40 baby, from a, from a baby, trained, fed, bottle-fed squirrels trained to sit on a blue stool, crack the walnuts, and put them on a conveyor belt. It was 10 weeks they spent doing this, and nobody knows where the squirrels went after movie production. I have a sneaky suspicion they moved into our church attic, so that's, uh, that's just my own personal assumption, but here they are, everybody. All right, second one. Call it out if you know the movie. Right, it's, all right, good. You know, everybody knows this movie. What you may not know is that after this movie came out, Pet Shop saw a 50% increase in pet rat sales after Ratatouille came out. Every kid in America wanted one. Parents, not so much, right? You don't want they getting loose in your house at 2 in the morning. But they sold 50% more rats. We're not sure how many of them could actually cook, but nobody really gave them the chance. So that's Ratatouille. All right, and the last one today, call out if you know the movie. Terminator, what you may not know, the first person cast to be the Terminator was O.J. Simpson, cast for the movie, and he was not chosen, according to James Cameron, and I quote, because this likable, goofy guy was too pleasant to portray a cyborg assassin. Come on, someone. (laughs) I thought that was funny. I don't care what you think. All right, everybody. And that's your last time to laugh because it's going to be serious today, all right? That's why we gave you so much popcorn because it's... No, it's more intense today because unlike Star Wars last week, 
Uh, today's story, Harriet, is based on a true story. And Harriet follows the life of Harriet Tubman, one of the most incredible figures, not only in American history, but in history in general. And Harriet Tubman was born into slavery in the 1820s in Maryland in one of the darkest moments of our nation's history. But I want you to see the incredible strength and courage that she shows as she brings true change and true freedom. When we start our story, she's just received a letter outlining that she and her family are supposed to go free. You know, I watched more movies preparing for this series uh, than I think I watched the rest of the year combined. And nothing prepared me for Harriet. Just the intense emotion, the intense sadness that this scene played out countless times in real life. That this actually happened to see people treated this way. But also anger at those who allowed it to happen. Those who supported it. And so many times they did it by misusing scripture or the name of Christ to justify what they did. Now, it's really easy in the year 2020 to judge the actions of people 200 years ago based on today's values and to say, well, how could they let that happen? But the truth is, man has always been sinful. It's always been sinful. No matter if the sin was slavery then or racism today, sin will always exist in the heart of man. The only remedy for sin is salvation through Christ Jesus to allow him to open our eyes to the truth. That's the only way that we can be rectified. And one of the greatest disciplines we can have as Christians to further that end is to examine the past. So they can be an example of what Christ wants to do in our own lives. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11, Paul writes about the Old Testament. And he says that these are all warning markers, danger in our history books written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning We at the end, and we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Now, this verse was written about Israel's history with slavery in the Old Testament, and it parallels our U.S. history of slavery and discrimination. And I believe with the help of the Holy Spirit that we as the church have an opportunity to get it right. So I want to use this concept of freedom from slavery to relate this truth of spiritual freedom, that God offers freely to all who choose to pursue it. God used Moses to deliver his people in the Old Testament. And believe me when I tell you, Harriet Tubman is a modern day Moses that God uses to bring freedom. She's an example of how God can use a person who is willing to be used. You saw the slave owner in the first clip, and I hate to even use that word, but you saw him deny her the rights that even the law at the time granted to her. He tried to take back the freedom that she should have had, but God had another plan. Harriet decides to run away to be free, leaving behind all that she knew in pursuit of something better. Harriet's made a decision that she would rather run away to freedom than stay in a place of bondage. I think that's a decision that many of us have to make in our lives as well. Jesus said in John chapter 8 that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But they answered him, we're offspring of Abraham. And like many people, they answered, we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it you say we'll become Free, Jesus said, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Some of you came in today under bondage. Some of you don't even realize it, but some of you think it's something that you'll never be free of. And your environment says that you can't be free. And maybe your past tells you that you can't be free. Harriet realizes that while slavery is an accepted mindset or way of thinking in her day, she knows it's not right to be owned by someone else. 
She knows what she sees is wrong, and so she has a choice to make. She can choose to stay where she is, or she can choose to reject the system and pursue freedom and be who God has called her to be. Harriet knows that staying in the system will eventually kill her, while freedom was just 90 miles away across the Pennsylvania state border. See, she's in Maryland at the time. And her freedom was a lot closer than maybe she even imagined. Let me tell you today, you are a lot closer to freedom than you've ever thought. You are a lot closer to freedom from drugs or anxiety or fear or depression than maybe you would ever allow yourself to even believe. That you are closer to that step. Oftentimes we just have to make a decision to go after it. She's determined to be free or to die. This is the mindset that we should have. But let me ask you a question today. What lies do you need to reject to stay free? Because just like the slave owner's son in the clip, the devil will lie to us. Stay where it's familiar. Stay where you always know. Do it another time. Stay. You'll never get out. You'll never be free. And on and on it goes. Here's what Jesus talked about and taught that the devil tries to do in your life. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Not only is he a liar, but he has one goal for your life and for mine. Jesus laid it out in John chapter 10 and verse 10. He said, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Listen to me, the devil is real and his only goal is to destroy you. But Jesus came so you and I could have life. He came to give us freedom. He said the truth will set you free. That whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That he came to give us freedom. Because the truth is freedom can't be attained alone. We cannot find it alone. We all need someone along our way to point us in the right direction. Someone to share the truth with us. Someone to show us what has set them free. I love in the clip, her father only knows to send her to the reverend. And the reverend is this surprise station master on the Underground Railroad that he knows the next step to take. Someone who can point her in the right direction towards freedom. This is a beautiful picture of the church. Of being connected in a body of believers. Because it's a place where spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers can point others in the direction of freedom, can show others what changed their life and what is available to other people. It's a place where too often we come and too many of us think either we can make it on our own or we're too afraid to trust. Harriet had no choice but to trust, and we honestly don't either. Love the quote the reverend gives there, fear is your enemy, trust in God. What is it that you're afraid of today? What is it that's keeping you back from pursuing freedom in your life? What's holding you back? What lies have you believed? Are you afraid of the unknown? Are you afraid of taking a journey that maybe you've never taken before? I get that. But oftentimes freedom is found at the end of a journey that we've never taken before. Oftentimes our freedom is found after we've overcome fear and we strike out in somewhere we've never been. You know, I love the reverend's final words. He tells Harriet to look for a certain person and I'll send word that you're coming. I want to encourage you that while God is speaking to you right now, while he may be drawing your heart towards freedom, even as the devil tries to whisper lies and tell you that you can't do it or that you're too far or that your past won't change. Even in that moment, as God is drawing you, he is also speaking to someone else who will be ready to help you when you're ready to make the change. 
Someone else who's ready to come alongside you when you're ready to take that leap of faith. In this next clip, you'll see that God has prepared a place for you. Harriet's found a safe place of freedom, but what does freedom really mean? This is one of my favorite scenes in the entire film. And the conversation with William Steele, it starts with her trying to identify herself still with her past. She tries to identify herself still with her slave owner. She says, so-and-so, they own me. And still interrupts her and he says, no, not you. Not anymore. Not anymore. You know, when you become a Christian, something incredible happens in our hearts. Paul wrote about it in 2 Corinthians. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And in our movie, William still asks Minty what she wants her new name to be. Her freedom name. You know, God loves to change the names of people that he set free. Changed Abram to Abraham. He changed Sarai to Sarah. He changed Jacob to Israel. He changed Simon to Peter. And you know, God has changed some of your names. From liar to honest, from depressed to joyful, from sinner to redeemed. Come on, somebody. From hopeless to hopeful. God has changed some of your names from victim to victor, from defeated to overcomer. You've been set free, church. God has changed your name. And the one who's come to Christ is a new creation. The old has passed. You have a new name in Christ. And when we make a break for freedom... When we begin to believe what God has said about us. And you ask, well, what has God said about me? He says that he loves you. He says that he has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for you. He sets you free for a reason. That God has things for you that have entered into his mind that you can't even imagine. That he has a purpose for you. Begin to believe that. Well, it's a year later in our story and Harriet's found a safe place to be free. But what does her freedom really mean? Free, but what does her freedom mean? Well, let me ask you this question this morning. You've been set free. What does your freedom really mean? Because God has said that he loves you, that he has a plan for you and a purpose. And watch this, his purpose and his plan. Part of that plan is to set others free. To not forget where you came from. Because then things start to change. Second Peter says it this way, the Bible, that God is restraining himself on account of you. Holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. That God cares so much about you and about the lost. And this really is what every church, victory included, that cares about people is all about. About reaching others with the freedom that we have found with the gospel. Now Harriet naturally has a love and concern for those that are closest to her. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have that feeling? Who do you know that's in a bondage of slavery? Who do you know today that's bound by drugs or alcohol or they're bound by fear or depression? Who do you know today who's still in bondage? Maybe someone who's gone so far that they're thinking about suicide. God is calling you to reach them. God is calling you not to forget now that you are in your freedom. Forget those who are still in bondage. Don't let the enemy get in your way. In our film, William tells her there's nothing more that she can do. And she fires back, don't tell me what I can't do. 
Listen to me, church. Never let the enemy tell you what you can't do. Jesus said everything is possible to him or her that believes. You are a child of God. You are called to a purpose. God has empowered you to live out his purpose on this earth. Don't let anyone or anything tell you what you can't do. Don't let your age tell you what you can't do, whether you're young or old. Don't let your gender tell you what you can't do. Don't let your race tell you what you can't do. You are a child of the king. You are called to live out his purpose on this earth. God has a plan for you. Never let anyone tell you what you can't do. That God has a purpose to reach those that are lost, those who are hurting, those who are still bound. Those who are still in chains. Nothing can hold you back. And you can hear Jesus asking us this morning, would you be a part of the kingdom that he's building? Would you be a part of the rescue team that's seeking out those who are lost? Well, in our story, Harriet leads her first group of slaves to freedom. And when she does that, she begins to discover her purpose is larger than she ever thought. (laughs) Harriet's discovered her purpose. Her purpose is to help people out of bondage into freedom. I want you to know again today that God has a purpose for each and every one of you. That we are called to those who are still lost. Those who are still in bondage. You know, nobody is supposed to just come to church. Instead, we're called to be the church. We're called to be the hands and feet of Christ on his mission. In fact, we're invited to be partners. First Corinthians says God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. In fact, God has gone so far as to equip you with spiritual gifts to live out that purpose. A spiritual gift is just something God has given you. It's not something you learned. It's something he's already placed inside of you to live out the purpose that he has for you on this earth, that he's already created you on purpose for a purpose. I want you to see this in 1 Corinthians 12. It says the spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Not so that you can hoard it or that you can bury it away, but that we can help one another. What Harriet has discovered is her why. Why she is alive. Why she is put on this earth. She's discovered her why. And you probably asked that question before. Why did God make me this way? Why do I struggle in this area, but I'm great over here? That's a great question. It's because God has created you for a purpose. God has made you for a purpose to live out. And you only really live when you discover what it is. Well, you may think, Ben, that's not me. I'm not really good at anything. Let me tell you one more time. If you hear nothing else, God has made you for a purpose. God has a plan for your life. And sometimes it can be a little intimidating to think that God is thinking about you. Psalms 139, it's a beautiful chapter, but I want to read you one of the verses out of it. It says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. So often it's intimidating to think that God sees me, that God knows how he created me and that God has a purpose for me. But it's true that God has a plan for you. And you ask sometimes, why is it so hard? It's a great question. Why is it so hard then to live that out? Because learning to trust God through prayer and serving, it builds our faith. And, you know, we don't really grow in easy seasons. We don't really grow in times of plenty. We don't really grow. But in the times of hardship, in the times where we have to persevere, that's where God is bringing a growth to our faith. And God is more interested in growing your faith than he is interested in growing your comfort. 
God is more interested in building your character than he is in building your comfort. It's in those times that we grow in our faith. Harriet's faith is in God, not people. But now Harriet is learning to love people just like God does. Save that which is lost. He said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. I came to set at liberty the captive to set the oppressed free. Let me ask you one final question today, church. If you've been set free, whom have you freed? Who are you called to reach with the gospel of Jesus? To tell people that he loves them just as much as he loves you, that he has the answer that they're looking for. And sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it is hard. And I love that quote she says at the end. I'm not going to stop rescuing slaves just because it's far. Who have you been called to reach? Because we're called, church, to seek and to save that which is lost. Bow your heads with me as we close today. I want to pray that God would remind us of our purpose. That he would show us a world that is caught in bondage. A world of people that he loves. That we would know our mission is to help seek and to save. But first there are some of you here today. You're caught in bondage. And maybe your environment or your circumstances or your past is telling you that you'll never be free. That God could never want you. I want you to know that's a lie. The Bible says that Jesus came and died on the cross in your place and in mine. And that he rose from the dead. That anyone could call on the name of Jesus and be saved. That he's waiting for you. That he loves you. That God's eyes are on you. That he's drawing you. And so if that's you today, you find yourself in bondage with no one else looking around. But if that's you, you say, I want to be free. I want to be set free. I want to have a relationship with him. Or maybe you say, I've wandered from God. And I feel like he's a million miles away. But today I want to come home. Let today be your day. I want you to know, I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you come to the front. I'm not looking to embarrass you. This is between you and Jesus. But if that's you today and you say, I want to get it right, I want to pray with you. I can give you the words of the prayer, but you have to say it and you have to mean it in your own heart. Let's pray together. Come on, church. Let's pray with them. No one prays alone. Say these words, say, dear Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. I repent. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for our church. God, let us have eyes that see those who are hurting to reach the lost, to bind up the brokenhearted. To preach the gospel to every part of our world. Give us the strength, God. Give us the words, Lord. Give us the opportunity. Lord, send us the people our way that you have called us to reach. 
And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's church said amen and amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together for what God has done today? We'll be blessed as you go, church. You're dismissed. We'll see you next week for week three of At The Movies.